Good to be back. Uh, for us, we had a uh, crazy New Year. We had two different uh, Christmases. We had the crazy Christmas that was getting ready, preparing, three church services, family over, all that uh, leading through, uh, leaving here about 12.30 or so on Christmas morning after the 11 o'clock service. Uh, we got up Christmas mor- morning, and then we drove to Rachel's parents about six hours away. And so we got there, and crazy Christmas was replaced with sit in a chair and do nothing but eat Christmas. And it was everything that I dreamt that it could be. So um, so we were up at uh, Rachel's parents with um, uh, her family and just had a great time there and then uh, came back uh, in time for New Year's, and then everything kicks back in, and, and here we are. So uh, today what, what we're going to do is just kind of focus in and have a time of uh, meditation that, that prepares us for communion. And just to, to think about a few thoughts as we gear up towards the new year. But I want to tell you um, specifically, and so this is announcement number two after United Methodist Church stuff. Um, next week we're going to begin a series called Words, uh, Words Have Power. And what we're going to be thinking about here in the new year is not just how do we be nice to people. I mean, that's going to be a part of it. But how do we use our words to glorify God? And if anything, now your words are not just here. In fact, maybe the most powerful words that you utter, good or bad, happen with your fingers, not even with your tongue and your lips. And so how do we engage digitally in a way that honors God? How do we have conversations where it seems like conversation is lost as our society grows more polarized? By the way, 2020 is an election year, if you haven't realized that. Hooray, you know, that's another uh, uh, good thing going on, right? And so... Uh, How do we have conversations when it seems like we dialogue less, but we shout more? And whether it's shouting through all caps on social media, or whether it's just isolating ourselves with our own viewpoints and our own news sources, we've become more polarized. We also want to talk about what are those kind of things that we have heard in our past that continue to speak inside of our lives. Maybe those hurtful or harmful childhood mottos that you heard. We're even going to talk a little bit, and this is going to make some of you uncomfortable, about self-talk and how it is that we uh, treat ourselves. And if you think that that is new agey, read the Psalms and how often uh, the psalmist would say, why are you downcast, O my soul? Put your hope and trust in God. And, you know, this idea that the primary voice inside of your life sometimes is you and how we interpret reality that's around us. So for the next seven weeks, we're going to think about words and the power that words have Uh, inside of our lives, and I hope that you'll uh, take time to join us for that. Okay, so inside of our remaining moments, it's the first Sunday of the new year. We're going to take communion in just a couple of moments. I think that there's a God-given opportunity that we have at the beginning of the year. There is something that takes place. By the way, do you know that there is nothing different about today than last week with the exception of the two numbers that you put at the end of the date. Nothing is different. Uh, Kids, as you went back to school, you know that the grades that you had in the second marking period are still there. (laughs) Just because it's a new year doesn't mean you get a fresh set of grades. College students, you are starting a brand new semester, but your GPA comes with you for good or for bad. Adults. You are driving the same car unless your spouse put a big red bow on a Lexus and put it in your front yard just a few weeks ago. You are driving the same car. You still have the same boss. You still live in the same house. You're still married, hopefully, to the same person. Uh, Nothing has changed, and yet there is something about 
New Year's to bring some level of hope, some level of expectation, some aspect of a do-over or a start-over or a begin-again type feel, and I think that that's God-given. Because when I read through uh, the Psalms and, and, and hear that God wants to give you a new song, to place a new song in your heart, that he wants to put a new spirit within you, that he wants to give you a new heart, that 2 Corinthians reminds us that we are a new creation. There is this newness that the God who created us in Genesis chapter 1 wants to be a God who continues to create, who recreates, who renews, who reaffirms, who reenacts, who does a work in us that he is constantly molding and shaping and making something new out of you and out of me. And so even though the switch of a year isn't anything in and of itself to make life different, there is something that begins to kick in within us that says it's time to get back to the basics. It's time to start new routines. It's time to get organized. It's time to go to the gym. All these different things that we begin to think about. So let me just ask, uh, how many of you out there, you have already reorganized something in your life this year? You've cleaned out a drawer. You've taken clothes to Goodwill. You've joined a gym. You've went to Walmart and bought plastic totes to begin to organize your life. Uh, how many of you have already done something organizational this year? I hope there's more than a, all right, good. It's, uh, I'm one of those, those people, and, and so I want to do this, but then I also react against it. And so part of me thinks, I did not get to the gym in the month of December. I've told you before, sometimes I feel like I'm making a charitable donation to the gym rather than a membership, but um, <coughs> I did not get to the gym in the month of December, and Everything within me wants to start again now, but then I find myself thinking, I don't want to just be one of those people who goes back to the gym in January, so I'm going to wait till the end of January, then I'll start to show them that I'm really serious about, I, I need help, and so if you can, if you can uh, help me with that. But there is something that, that kicks in, you know, that we get a chance, and, and I think we need cycles inside of life. Because if it just was one day after the next, after the next, we would eventually run out of steam. We would eventually get stuck. We would eventually become uh, just down and depressed inside of where we are. One of the things that's interesting for me to see is for people who have been shipwrecked, and I think of the movie Castaway or, you know, some other stories that I've heard, how important it is to keep track of the days so that you know that this journey that we're on is going somewhere and that there's cycles in the middle of it. And so January gives an opportunity for a fresh start, not because life starts new, but because not only is there something within us, but I think God begins to wire us in such a way that we know that there's opportunities that we can shift things inside of our lives. We can recenter upon things that are important. And January gives a great opportunity to do that. I want to read for you just a couple of passages, one from the Old Testament and one uh, from the very final book of Scripture in Revelation. The first is from uh, Isaiah chapter 43. Now in the beginning of chapter 43, and we spent some time in Isaiah leading up to, to Christmas, as Isaiah is writing about a people who are either about to be uh, shipped out of their land and exiled, or people who are about to return home, this idea that, that God is up to something even when we can't see it, when it doesn't look like it should. And so he begins chapter 43 with, with words, you know, like, uh, fear not, for I'm with you. I've called you by name. You belong to me. I have redeemed you. Therefore, when you pass through the waters, they will not sweep over you. 
when you walk through the fire, it's not going to burn or consume you. Because I'm going to bring you through a variety of situations. And then he comes to verse number 18. And he says this, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the, in the wasteland. It's as if he's saying that regardless of what your past has been and all the high marks and the low marks inside of your past, you can walk into the future knowing that whatever you walk into, I'm the one who provides for you and the one who leads you. Even if it's a time of wasteland, there's going to be a stream there. Even if it's a desert, there's going to be an oasis, there's going to be a river that, that runs through because I'm the one who leads you there. And so what happened yesterday is not to be forgotten or cast away as though it wasn't any good. You just cannot live on yesterday's provision when there's a God who wants to walk with you today. The picture inside of the wandering of Exodus was a God who day by day would send manna on the ground. And if you tried to keep the manna for more than a day or two, it got moldy and stale. But each day, there was the opportunity to see, again, the hand of God that was at work inside of your life to provide a river in the wasteland, streams in the desert. And so he says, set the past aside. We've learned from it. We've seen God's hand. It's going to be there to encourage us and strengthen us. But as you walk into today, I'm the God who continually is at work to recreate, to remake, to restore, to remold you into my image. And then inside of Revelation chapter 21, John says, he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. In the final act of human history, when this earth is traded in for a new heaven and a new earth, and God wipes away every tear from their eyes, and there's no more mourning or crying or pain, and he says, I'm making all things new. The tendency to think there is he's making all things new because everything else has been corrupt. And that's not necessarily the picture that you get in Revelation. The reason he's making all things new is because that's at the, at the heart of who he is. That the God who made us and shaped us and made the world that we're in continues that creative work all the way through the very final act of, of creation in human history. With a new heaven and a new earth because he's remaking and shaping and he's constantly in the business of making old things new. And broken things fixed. And things that have been cast aside now useful and repurposed. Because that's at the heart of who he is and what redemption looks like. So God calls us into a future, a future that's uncertain, that at times it's intimidating, it's going to bring challenges, but he calls us to walk there. He calls us to deepen and renew commitments, to recenter on who he is and what he wants to do inside of our lives. He promises not necessarily to make the events turn out like we want them to but that regardless of the circumstances of our lives, he is there, he will never leave us or forsake us, and he's the one that walks with us. And so the greatest thing you could say about your future is not what will happen to you, but who walks alongside of you. And so the challenge this morning is, as you walk into the future, is to walk hand in hand and step in step, in step 
with the God who created you and redeemed you. Now, there's a couple of things I think that communion, and in particular, New Year's communion, offers us. It's a chance to just look at and reflect on just a, a few things. The first is, it, I think it brings a challenge to our desires. Now, when you think desires, normally you think it's the, the sinful desires, the impure things. But when I speak of desires, I'm talking about what fuels you, what motivates you, what fills up then your time because it fuels you and motivates you. What are the things that if, if Scripture says that God will give you the desires of your heart, that God can actually come and purify those desires that are deep inside of your belly that, that motivate and spring forth and bring forth a fire inside of you for what lies ahead. That God could realign your patterns to look more congruent with him. What he wants. Who he wants you to be. How you should act. The things that give you joy. The things that bring you fulfillment. There's an aspect here that, that life has to move from just the intention of my heart to the follow-through of my heart. And that challenging our desires means that it's one thing just to say, I want this and this and this in my life, but then I go and live in a different pattern. New Year's, I think, offers this, and I think communion offers an opportunity to, to challenge how it is that we're wired and the things that motivate and prompt how we live and the decisions that we make to the deepest places inside of who I am. The second, I think in addition to challenging our desires, it confirms our dependency. There is something about when you come forward and receive communion, we're reminded that the very foundation of my faith and the very foundation of my life is uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. His broken body and his shed blood. And that that not only becomes true of my salvation, but it's the thing that I'm dependent on each and every day. That all of who he is is available for all of who I am. That salvation is found in no one else, but what I need today is found in no one else. And you know, we can run in so many different directions and look in so many other faces for the approval and for the strength and for the validation that we think that we need. And you'll only truly find it in one, one place and in one person. January is a great time to recenter on what's at the center and the foundation of your life. The third, I think, it checks our devotion. You know, it'd be easier, as much as a religion weighs you down, it'd be easier to subscribe to a religion because then you check the boxes and you're good. What Christianity is all about, though, is that it's a relationship. And inside of that relationship, there's a give and take, there's a dynamic that takes place. And in, inside of devotedness, it is not a one-time thing, but devotion. And when you're devoted to something, it implies that there is an ongoing, active movement inside of this relationship that's taking place. And so it's not about what you do, but it is about if Jesus lives in your heart, then it's going to, over time, reprogram what's important to you about how you live both on the inside of who you are, time in scripture, time in prayer, how I use my finances, how I devote my time, how I make moral choices, but then also on the outside of who you are, how you engage in life with people, how you serve, how you offer yourself to make a difference inside the world where you are. Do you take your faith with you to work or do you leave it home? 
And there's a reprogramming that takes place that inside of that devotedness, that begins to spill over into every area of my life. So I think January brings us face to face with who we really are. Not who we pretend to be, not who we would like to be, not who we were when we can set things aside on vacation or in the month of December when the nostalgia of Christmas carries the day, but who we really are and the patterns that exist inside of our lives. And just like the reorganization of a, of a drawer or the joining of a gym to lose weight, there's something that when we come face to face with the reality of where we are and where we would like to be, it requires that something is different, that there's some level of movement on my part. Again, not to earn God's love, but to say, if you are really at the center, then Jesus, I want to walk hand in hand and step for step with you, whatever that means. So in this new year, we have hopes and dreams and expectations. There are also going to be surprises and letdowns and maybe an area of conflict or two. But you know, the best New Year's resolution you could make does not appeal to how you look or how you structure your day or how you organize your house. But it's a resolution to walk hand in hand and step in step with your God. That whatever the future brings, I know who leads me and who walks alongside of me and who I can trust to see me through. And so this morning, as we prepare for communion, I want to invite you just to take your time with it. Uh, Emily's going to come and has a couple of songs to sing, and that cycles us through our time. But you may want to take communion, and then uh, Paul's at the altar here. <clears throat> There's not a ton of room, so you may want to go back to your seat. And if you want to pray as a family or pray, you know, with, you know, with your spouse, or, or if you just want to pray silently where you are, I want to invite you to do that. Because I think, again, we have the opportunity here in January. We have the responsibility. We have the invitation to maybe make or to renew a commitment that you've made to walk hand in hand and step in step with your God. <clears throat> and maybe you've prayed, prayed that prayer for 40 years, maybe you've never prayed that prayer. But God, I want to walk hand in hand and step in step with you in whatever 2020 brings. Now before we go there, here's a, a prayer that I came across, and it's more of kind of a blessing than it is a prayer. But Teresa of Avila was a writer from the 1500s, and uh, I tried to get as much as I could in, so that's why I chose some different colors to kind of give some contrast here. But she says, may today there be peace within. May you trust God that you are exactly where you are meant to be. May you not forget the infinite possibilities that are born of faith. May you use those gifts that you have received and pass on the love that has been given to you. And may you be confident knowing that you are a child of God. <clears throat> I want to invite you because my voice is dying. We're going to read this again and you're going to do it for me. Um, you had practice a couple weeks ago because I made you read the Christmas story out loud. And so uh, we're going to do this again. But make this your, your prayer today. And almost your commitment, your affirmation today as we begin a new year together. May there be peace within. May you trust God, that you are exactly where you are meant to be. May you not forget the infinite possibilities that are born of faith. May you use those gifts that you have received and pass on the love that has been given to you. May you be confident knowing you are a child of God.
Let's pray together. As we pray, I want to invite those who are assisting us to um, come forward as we prepare for communion. Let me just remind you that if you're new, you don't have to be a member of St. John's to receive communion, but the table is open to all who would open their heart and their life to Jesus today. God, I pray that you would do a work inside of us at the beginning of this year. The desire of our heart would be that we would walk hand in hand and step in step with you. God, I pray that you would give peace in the deepest places of where we live. I pray that we would trust that you have placed us exactly where you want us to be. That you would remind us of the infinite possibilities that exist through faith. That you would encourage us to use the gifts that you've given us to spread the love and and the joy and the gospel that you've entrusted us with. And Lord, may you give us the confidence to know that we belong to you. God, we pray that you would come and that you would meet us inside of our time together. We ask and pray these things in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.